0: Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. I am Cammy Black and I'm joined this evening by John Anderson. Good evening, everyone. Um, You can find us, as you know, if you're already listening to this, on Acast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn and anywhere else you can stick the RSS feed. Uh, You can uh, go to the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Um, find details there of how to find the podcast. You can also on there um, comment on any articles, and we'll try and pick them up uh, during the podcast as well. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Scott Rugby Blog or at Cami Black, and there is also uh, a new Instagram feed for the cool kids, and that's Scottish Rugby Podcast. Um, you can email us um, if people still do that these days. Scottish Rug, oh no, actually, hang on, let's have a think what's my email address podcast dot u k um uh so yeah um and we're also on facebook as well and john you are in you are one of the people in charge of the scottish rugby forum that is right is it not sure I'm. yep that's which, right which is not officially affiliated with the blog but um friends of the blog um and we, we we pick up quite a lot of um the comments on on there too as well uh a bit of the chat as well um so um it's a two-parter again this week because it's international uh week so first part uh of this week's episode we're all gonna be talking about um scotland versus argentina um so john um we'll go straight into head heart and Ars, shall we sounds um, good to me a good win for scotland that this weekend ah oh, it
1: certainly was it was a uh, very very entertaining watch i uh i caught it on delay slightly. Um, Sunday morning, um, which was a very,
0: very pleasant watch with a cup of coffee. Must say, yeah, um, good way to end the tour. Um, let's go with head. Do you want to go with your head? What's your head first?
1: Yep, certainly. So I've, I've all I've written down here is uh, for my head. It was, it was a very professional performance. Um, we were, we were very accurate in the first half, in particular. Um the the game plan was clear, the the players executed very well, and uh, the second half, uh, whilst it didn't go as well, um, there was still there was a, a control and a consistency about the play that um, Scotland have possibly been lacking away from home. Um, particularly, uh, you know, it was particularly exciting given the you know the combined age of fourteen of the the halfback combo. <laughs> um, so no, it was it was very very. Um, very, uh, yeah, the, the accurate is the word I keep coming back to. I think that that summarises
0: uh, the
1: the performance.
0: Yeah, I mean it was interesting because yeah, you, you've touched upon you've touched not not touched my heart, John. Although you do in many ways, um, you've touched upon <laughs> touched upon my heart, which which was just the composure in in the second half and closing out games. Because um, the first half, watching it, although you know there were more points involved that it brought back memories of that game at Murrayfield in 2014 where Scotland were 24-10 up at half time yeah. and then at one point 41-17 up at one point yeah, yeah. and the final result was 41-31 and i think just keeping argentina to the to the couple of tries um and controlling the game in the second half cuz although i think you know argentina had a lot of ball they came out and they played a hell of a lot better in the second half but just keeping the composure like you said keeping it tight keeping the you know just closing the game out and and keeping a a nice comfortable barrier without you know without doing anything daft and trying to stick another five tries past them in the second half because
1: yeah yeah Yeah. no absolutely i think the the weather conditions in particular uh i I was i was very surprised because the way that scotland played in the first half i hadn't actually noticed the rain um, until we sort of got a close up with one of the dodgy Channel Four cameras, and it was absolutely scudding it down. And you're like, well, you, we really wouldn't normally be as ambitious as that in that sort of weather. But yeah, I mean, to, to completely echo your point, second second half, the I think the guys went out to try stuff and expressed themselves, and it was it was really yeah, we conceded a couple of tries, but let's let's take nothing away from Argentina. They're not. They didn't play well, but they're they're not a bad side as the the jaguars are, are shown in Super Rugby.
0: Yeah, and and uh, you know they've got their own internal problems with their their coaches yeah. last game, but that you don't. I think it take a, it's sort of fr- slightly frustrating. I think that a lot of people, Scotland fans as well, have have sort of pointed to that and saying, "Well, there's not much we can read from this because Argentina aren't firing all cylinders." But but actually, I think. Argentina were shell shocked. don't. they just didn't have a plan of how to deal with Scotland. And you look back to the autumn and that, that's pretty much what we did to the All Blacks, and it's what we did to Australia. And when Scotland are on the game, when they're sort of causing defences to causing defences problems and, and defences are struggling to cope, that that's when we we start running in tries like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a very simple game plan in the that- the ball carriers were getting past the game line. the ball was coming back at lightning pace to George Horn, who was just causing them causing them all sorts of problems uh, and yeah, it was just very very simplistic play. but when done well, you don 't give defenses time to set and that that's absolutely the key at an international level, so it was really 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 exciting to see and yeah i'll i'll save my uh um scotland
0: fans uh rant for for perhaps for a, a section later on in the program <laughs> um what well, my, my head which sort of touches on what you were just saying about george horn w- w- was was the horn and hastings combo and i think th- that's th- they're good enough that that's what that game showed us yeah. um i mean a lot we, we were quite i think ian and i last week were quite fussive about about Horn and Hastings um, in terms of the defense and the attack. I don't think you can pin the US loss on, on either of them at all. Um, no. Nope. And I think this week it just, you know, you could see they, they both, well, they were up for it and they'd sort of grown into the game a little bit as well. And it, it's a slightly frustrating thing and it's not, again, you sort of see on the Scottish Rugby Forum and, and even on our blog a little bit, this idea of, oh, well, we need to ease them in a little bit. and And I'm not for that. I mean, you look at other international teams, and again, we touched on it last week, With England and Owen Farrell. He was 21 when he was stuck at yep. um, inside centre against Scotland at Murrayfield. Um, Borden Barrett made his debut at 21 um, and pretty much then was the first choice 10 for, you know, since year had dot. Um, and, and you get the rarities, you get the odd ones in Scotland, like Hoggy and Johnny Gray, um, who make, you know, make the debuts at, at 19 and then that's them, you know, yeah. first choice. But I think in Scotland we're reluctant to sort of stick young guys in, and I, and I think that's where we've missed the trick before. I think it's get them in when they're young, get them playing. I think there's no reasons why, no reason why Hastings can't push Russell all the way. No, and I would say if Horn gets a run at Glasgow from the this season. He's he's your starting nine for Scotland in the autumn.
1: On form, yeah. If if he continues, if he continues where he left off at the end of this season, um, obviously at Glasgow, he he started the semi-final,
0: yeah.
1: um, which is a massive, massive sign that Dave Rennie has the utmost trust in him. And yeah, it's really it's really interesting because there's there's a huge difference. Between so if we think of fly halves getting fly halves and backs getting to the the uh, the peak years you know you're twenty six twenty seven twenty eight there's a huge difference between a say a Stuart Hogg who turned twenty six was that today yesterday yeah sitting with sixty two caps and a twenty six year old sitting with twenty caps and that's traditionally what Scotland have done as you say we've not blooded youngsters. Um, young enough we've not given them the exposure to international rugby so we're, we're getting to the tail end of people's careers and they're, they're only just reaching that maturity stage whereby they've seen everything and know everything about an international arena so yeah I'd
0: echo what you guys said last week if they're
1: if they're good enough they're old enough throw them in
0: yeah and you would hope I mean again it depends on I suppose what kind of game plan Dave Rennie's got in his mind next year but I- I, you would hope that Hastings gonna, is going to get a run at ten rather than Horn. Yeah, well, I, I certainly know Ian would hope that
1: most um, categorically. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think it will not be as it not. I don't think Hastings will be thrown straight in. Um, I think he'll be eased in off the bench a few times early doors. But I think longer term, the they absolutely, the the particularly with Scotland playing. The, the second distributor at 12 and how crucial Pete Horn is to that because he's, he's realistically the only experienced player that we have who maybe plays that role so I wouldn't be surprised if, if Gregor's having a wee maybe a wee word with uh, the paymasters at the uh, are we allowed to say S yes, R are yours at redacted um uh, <laughs> with with these paymasters just to say let you know let's let's give Horn plenty of time at twelve this year he's going to be crucial in the World Cup year in that position so by by sort of default then
0: Hastings becomes your your option yeah And I think it, it's interesting because we we you forget what a small player pool Scotland have which is why when yeah. someone like Hastings comes along you can't really hang about and ease him in because. It's not like we've got a long. We we're not Ireland or 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 England or, or even well, probably Wales are fairly similar. We, you know we haven't got a long queue of tens. Behind him waiting to come up. I mean you look at the stats from the the I think the, the the official Sri account put out and that was the twenty second and twenty third set of brothers to play together for Scotland and the fifteenth father and son combo. Now I, I can't imagine there's many other countries. Maybe well, New Zealand maybe with the brothers, yeah. Um, but I think that just goes to show. I mean, it's uh, it's fairly impressive but on the other hand. It shows what a small player pool we've got. It's it's such a small pond when you've got fifteen sets of fathers and sons turning out for, for
1: Scotland. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Especially with how competitive it is now, with obviously with professionalism meaning that these um, the the players who went professional in 1995 and and thereafter are a lot of them are dotted around the world now and you, you know the Cameron Red Path scenario whereby young young uh, potentially scots qualified players are essentially other nationalities and, and that only dilutes our player pool um, but yeah i mean it's 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 remarkable that we have started to see a bit of strength and depth when player numbers in Scotland are at, you know, probably an all-time low. Um, and we're, we're seeing teams like Italy, teams like probably Japan, sort of tier two nations have got vastly superior player player resources. And, uh, you know, I think where we still have a competitive advantage is our, our coaching, um, particularly in, in the sort of innovative coaching uh, space
0: is still very strong and I
1: hope that continues
0: yeah it was quite interesting as well because I hadn't I hadn't quite realized until I saw it today but um I'm going to forget his name now Damien Hughes who is is uh, one of the leading sports psychologists in yep. the world and we've got him you know he was there for I, I appreciate but he was there for the whole summer with Scotland this year is that right um, yeah he he tweeted out a thing today um i think cuz today seemed to be the official day for everybody to tweet what a lovely <laughs> i love I think someone someone at the SRU had got the message out going right lads today... here's some pictures of each of you get on your social media channels and say what a lovely time you've all had um <laughs> but no he he sort of uh, tweeted something today just saying um you know what what a lovely time he'd had and what what a, a humble humble group of lads they are um so uh, that was quite interesting but it's interesting now that we've got uh, you know a a renowned sports psychologist with the team all the time and he's um, uh, have you read any I don't know if you've read any of his books but I've not read any of his books but I did uh, see uh, again it was Stuart Hogg
1: was talking about um, him during the Six Nations Um, and he he was talking about the sort of the impact that the sports psychologists were having within within rugby and how you know we, we were still I think there was a figure quoted, you know, I think one of the, it might have been Callum Gibbons actually mentioned that he thought, the, you know, the, the setup up in Scotland was still 10 years behind New Zealand in that sense. It was but, uh, Jason O'Halloran. Jason O'Halloran, that's, yeah, there you are. So, you, you know, we're, we are, we're making progress, but in that sense, every other country, as you would expect, making progress in that field as well. So, Except, you know, it, well, maybe not England. Maybe not, no. Eddie doesn't fancy. Uh, Eddie's his own psychologist, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> Don't need a quack doctor, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah right. um, but it's interesting. It's interesting. He's a, he's a really interesting. I've met him. He came and did some work at my work. I'm not going to say where I work, by the way. But he came and did some work at my work, and he's a really impressive guy. And I think, yeah, if you read, I've just finished reading The Winning Mindset, which he wrote, and just all the work he's done in boxing and rugby league um and it's really fascinating when you read it you, it really echoes a lot of the kind of stuff that you can see Gregor Townsend doing just little things like the fact that they were all able to watch Love Island and play Fortnite <laughs> it, it, that that sort of stuff's in the book you know it's in his book about making the players comfortable you, you make sure that the they've got no reason to complain when they're in the hotel that they're comfortable that they're, they're in familiar surroundings and if that means watching Love Island and being able to play Fortnite then that's all, all the good, because then everyone's happy. So, what
1: what has the world of professional rugby come to?
0: Where, where you've got the John Pennycook, the Scotland kit manager, having to work out a live stream ITV in Houston <laughs> 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 to see which of those, which of those Love Islanders. Is... Anyway, I, I... we're not Uggam on you. We're not going to talk about Love Island. Let's let's move on to our heart. Uh, well, no, I've done my heart. I said closing out games. We've already talked about that. What what was your yep. heart, John?
1: So, my heart was uh, George Horn is potentially the best scrum half Scotland I've ever going to produce. He was insanely good. Um, and we should basically hand us the World Cup now because uh, what a performance.
0: Yeah. But he's got, I mean, you, you, you're right. You look, at, you look at the scrum half Scotland have got at the minute. You say you've got Laidlaw who's there for his game management and his kicking. Yep. You've got Price there for his... Sort of creativity and a little bit of the unpredictability that he had when he's in form, and then again you've got Horn who's sure and steady. Well, you combine all those together, you've got George Horn. Yeah, basically B- because we know he's, he can kick because he's kicked. He, he was kicking for the under twenties. Has he kicked for Glasgow this season much? Uh,
1: n- uh, no, no. I think he had one. I think his first game he uh, came on at ten, and I think he did kick a goal. But it's yeah, it's, he's been playing nine mostly. Yeah, yeah. But he can yeah. kick, he can kick. That's that's a a fact, as you say, at uh, the age grade levels, he, he, he kicked. He has played 10. He does, I mean, I know there's been a bit of criticism of his box kicking so far, but, you know, again, that's something you learn at in an international
0: yeah. arena. It's easily, so, it's not, you know, it's it's a skill that's easily fixed and you've got these, you know, you've be working with Mike Blair. Um, yeah. That's not, a, you know, that game management is something you know, that you need a certain level of intelligence to do game management, but you you know, box kicking is something that can be fairly easily tweaked and taught, you would have thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can't you can't essentially teach the raw materials that George Horton's got. Uh it, again, Dave Rennie was talking during the season about, you know, how obviously how quick he is, quick of mind, quick of feet, but also he's He's incredibly strong for the size of him. He's a tiny, tiny little man. Uh, we we met him when I was out for my, my brother in laws stag night. Um, Jordan was dressed in a pink uh, pink tutu. He was looking the part. There's pictures on the Scottish Rugby Forum if he's if he's diving, guys. But uh, yeah, and, and we met George Horn, and yes, he he's just this tiny, tiny little guy. But you see him hitting malls and you know, just getting five involved foot, in
0: everything. Five foot eight.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, weighs about the same as a bag of crisps. Yeah. Uh, just but you know that's it's incredible that he's got that confidence at that age to to get involved to just do his thing, which is clearly all energy, all you know, all singing, all dancing. But I mean, there's going to be times, and we saw it with Ali Price as well when Ali Price lost form, lost confidence. Those those things. They they faded away, and he wasn't as he wasn't as confident to go and push and uh, take that that break, take the step. I hope that George Horn's going to face uh, maybe next season, maybe the season after, whenever he's going to face times where he's going to have difficulties, and I really hope that he's supported um, internally to to just continue to play his game.
0: Yeah, and and you would I I, I the, the conversely it might be that if he's you know Ali Price had come up from the Saracens Academy to Scotland, whereas George Horn's been brought right through the... He's one of the first batch of players that are really starting to come through the sort of under-20s in this whole Team Scotland idea that Scotland are building of, you know, everyone trains the same way and is coached the same way from a young age. And George Horn is one of the first sort of products of that that's really starting to come through. And you wonder whether or not, if they've instilled that mindset in them of... Don't worry about you know. Don't worry about the mistakes. Just go out and play your game. Whether or not we're going to see those mental sort of blips that you get with somebody else who's you know not come from not come through the same system.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to again see how that progresses. And you know, you can only you can only say that we're doing all the right things in terms of the you know, the analysts and the sports psychologists and and the mindset that Gregor Townsend has, you know, obviously he's dealt with, he's been Finn's Finn's mentor for quite a few years and you would never argue that he tried to calm Finn down, quite the opposite. Um, so I think there's, there's definitely plenty of examples of where we've perhaps continued that mindset and uh i've, I've i'd spoken to um w- one of the groups that have worked with with scottish rugby previously who were talking about that that mindset that the uh, winning mindset and how they you know obviously there's like the critical edge to that whereby they'll analyze every mistake every every um everything that goes wrong but that's it's purely in a we're looking to get the perfect performance. So it's it's very interesting to see these
0: young guys who seem very, very capable within it. Yeah, it was interesting because there was something today, it was a um, UK coaching um, account on Twitter, put out an interview they'd done with uh, Scotland Under-16s, coach Brian Eason, and yep. his whole thing was just, uh, we don't do drills. Everything is game intensity. Everything is about getting them to think and make decisions on the pitch because... A dr- you know, doing drills isn't going to help you when you're faced with a, an unfamiliar defence or things not going your way, and that's I think that's I find that really interesting. That that's that's the way Scotland are going. Um, intra, quick. Who do you think? Um, do you, do you have a stab at the top three tacklers for Scotland at the weekend? Oft, oh, um, no, that's a good. Qu-
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Obviously you would expect Fraser Brown to be up there. Uh nope. Nope. I'm gonna get all three wrong here. Yeah. Adam, Adam Hastings. Nope. Oh uh, la, 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 la. Uh, let's go wait let's just throw Nick Gregg at it as well for argument. N- no. Um
0: Three for three. Woo! <laughs> the top three tacklers were Dave Denton with fourteen. After Dave Denton was Ben Toulouse on thirteen. The third highest tackler for Scotland against Argentina was George Horn with twelve. <laughs> oh, George. George is good. <laughs> There you no. go. And then after they're they're the only three in double figures. You know, that's that's crazy for a scrum half.
1: Yeah. For a for a tiny scrum half. What oh
0: He missed I mean, three. We can forgive him that, but he did miss three to be fair, but yeah. Um, gives me the fear a wee bit because you're you're talking about you know obviously
1: there's another there's another player in that Scotland backline usually who was fairly renowned for going and smashing people and trying to get involved in the the, the breakdowns and stuff in, in Finn and you know he he probably does a bit more than he should for 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 his uh, tiny little frame so hopefully uh, I don't know hopefully they look after him.
0: Um before we go on and do our asses, so to speak, um we've got some uh, Billy Greenhorn very helpfully on the blog. because uh, during the summer we don't normally get around to doing player ratings. We tend to do those in the autumn and the um autumn and the uh, six nations. But he's uh, Billy Greenhorn has done some ratings. So I thought we could just just run through those. Um Hoggy good. Hoggy gave us seven which I, I think it's probably fair. Um, he, he seemed I thought he, he, he was less... He was unencumbered uh, by the responsibilities of captain this week, and I thought that helped. He seemed to play a lot more freer and just do his thing a bit more.
1: Yeah, he played his game, um, absolutely. However, there's, there was clearly a tactic of um, bringing... So when, when Hastings was particularly in the first half, there was clearly a tactic of bringing Hogg in at first receiver and Horner at first receiver to take the burden off Hastings. Uh, and that that works in that it gets Hoggy on the ball earlier and obviously had that phenomenal pass in the second half for uh, the, Dougie, the Dougie five try. Um, he's got the talent to come in there. However, you know, I, I do wonder if we're, we're maybe trying to bring him in too early and actually his strength is that still that strike runner give, give him a bit of space out wide.
0: Yeah, I suppose what he does, though, if if you stick him in at first receiver as he's drawing players in, because when you see him, you think, oh, crap, that's Stuart Hogg. Yes. And I think that's that Scotland have started, and I think even Stuart Hogg has realised that now, that his, his ability to draw players in because they 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 don't know what he's going to do. And it was Leon um, on Blood and Mud. Was i not listen to the recent podcast, but he was saying over the weekend if if Scotland can start to use Hog as a first receiver, I think it probably it gives them a few more options and yeah. it keeps defenses guessing because if you don't know whether the ball's going to the ten, twelve, or fifteen from your nine, then you know that 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 becomes quite hard to defend, especially if you know it might be Hog, you know, if Hog's running dummy runs, it, it's yeah, that'd be interesting to see how that pans out because I'm not. I think I think you're right. I think last week it was definitely a case of protecting Hastings. This week I don't know. It, f- it felt more like a, a deliberate tactic, yeah, to get yeah. the ball to Hastings. So that because Hastings' distribution w- w- when they got the ball to him was pretty spot on. He was throwing some. Eh. There was a few forward passes against the USA last week, but he seemed to have tweaked that slightly, and so the the passes were a lot flatter. You know, they're on that line between being forward and which is just sort of perfect for people running onto.
1: So, yeah, particularly your big ball carriers in midfield. If you, which we
0: didn't have any of. Them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dougie Fife, he's gone for six now. I would have agreed. However, um, I think when you look at the stats, Dougie Fife made six tackles and missed one. Now, it seems like Argentina were probably trying to throw a lot down his channel, but I thought he did okay. He did okay. I would have, I would have went a point
1: higher than that. Actually, I think Dougie Fife was very solid. He, he, what he does, again, it's that unnoticed work, and Lee Jones is very good at this as well. Is when he gets on the ball, he sets defences because he's willing to come lateral. He's willing to move in field and really engage the midfield, which in turn you know, sort of just throws that defensive alignment out and it's a a classic sevens play. Um, And I thought he did that on a couple of occasions, which in turn led to us making big ground through the middle of the park. So, no, I think a a seven would be
0: fairer, I think. Yeah. Um, Nick Grigg, he gave 6.5, which I would, again, I would have given another 0.5 on that. He missed a couple of tackles, interestingly enough, and I think um, Horn missed a couple as well on the stats. And I think that's... That's maybe Scotland's weakness at the minute. Is it without Dunbar being there? Um, because she, Jones is guilty of it too, to a certain extent. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It, it, is that's where Scotland's weakness is at the minute? Is the yeah, I think in attack our centre we, we've we've got a, a plethora of centres that can come and attack from all sorts of angles and cause all sorts of problems for defences. I think outside mm-hmm. of Alex Dunbar, our centres struggle defensively.
1: Yeah, I think there's something in that also in terms of system uh in defense we are we're rushing uh from like a lot of teams do now we're rushing from the 13 channel and when we use Greg in particular he's really really keen to get out the line and get up and to to the detriment of the defense quite often uh and you do see that the Scotland defense does actually curve quite a lot which yeah. um I'm sure it's been happening for quite some time now and I'm sure it's probably a deliberate ploy.
0: It is because they were using it against, they used it against Australia quite effectively yeah. in the autumn. If that thing, if you have a flat line of, um, I was counting as flat line of five forwards and then the rest of the defense, then everybody else rushes up into sort of a curve. Yeah. And the idea is that it, it, you, you've, one, you've got a chance of the intercept, but also it just sort of cuts off all the options for everybody else. But, but as a result, Someone cuts an angle on you, and you, you, you know, you're screwed, so to speak. So it's yeah. it's a risky defence, but I, you know, I don't, I, I don't imagine that, you know, Matt Taylor's set that up, not no, not with some contingency to deal with people cutting an angle and cutting through the gaps that it leaves. Yeah, we're 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 just we're just relying on Hoggie's first up tackling. <laughs> 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 um. So again, he'd gone six point five for Horn. I probably would have gone seven. Um, King yep. on King on, he went for six for the try he conceded. He's written, guy um, mm. probably, probably again a, a seven. He looks confident. Um, I don't. Yeah,
1: I've I've been uh, known to criticise uh, Blair uh, quite regularly on on other medium, and uh, I I thought he was really 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 good. I thought he he, he looked composed. He looked. Dangerous with ball in hand, took his try well. Big, strong lad. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would argue that outside of Seymour, if Seymour gets a bit of form early season, then he, he goes back to first choice wing for Scotland. But I think, I think Kinghorn will be putting some pressure on that because I think he's, he had a
0: great season last year, and he didn't look out of place. No, not at all. I mean, he, he sort of, uh, he reminds me a little bit of early George North. Except maybe yeah. with, with the kicking ability, he's got added kicking ability. Just his size and his running. Um, so we, yeah, it'd be interested to see how he develops. He definitely worked. You can tell, and he's spoken about how he's worked on a lot of things and how much Richard Cockrell's helped him. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's good. Um, Hastings, he's given a seven. I would have gone eight for for Hastings. Uh, yeah, I would agree
1: with that. Eight. I think Hastings controlled the game well, particularly his his kicking. I was I was speaking to someone about this earlier on today. His kicking was mature. Yeah. And he turned turned to defence. He knew it's not on. Let's put the ball in the corners. He, he looked very composed.
0: Yeah, and I think Rory was pointing out in the comments on the blog. There was a, he was having a chat with New Haven boy and uh, try hard about Hastings. And Rory had just said, you know, he showed enough now during the first half to switch up the kicking for territory when the rain came on. You know, and that's that's good game management. Um, yeah. Okay. Horn and eight. I would have gone nine for Horn. I thought, yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't think it was a ten, but it was definitely a nine. Hog against he, Ireland If Hog against Ireland twenty seventeen is the benchmark of nines, then I think that's a nine. I I would agree. I think it was a nine. Um, I I I
1: think Horn was absolutely electric, and you could tell it's it's been a long. Uh, it's been a long time since well it's actually it's been over a year since Scotland have played with that level of tempo from nine and it took it took so much of the pressure off hastings as well because all the all the pace was generated at nine and Hastings could then have his it, it all the time in the world to pick his options when he was first receiver and it makes such a difference um the only the only question mark with horn. Longer term, and as was said, I think this will come in time. But you know, we've obviously talked, Finn Russell's still the first choice at, at international level. Uh, do, do we still need a babysitter for him? Do, do
0: we need to, uh, you know, the childminder at nine yeah. to, to, to stop Finn, Finn's sanity? But then I guess that's the thing if Finn needs babysitting, then all of a sudden, and, and Hastings gets to run for Glasgow. Yeah, and he doesn't need babysitting, and the other—I mean—the interesting thing with 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 Finn Russell next season is—is uh, is he even going to get a game at Rassing? Is he going to play ten? Uh, because he's got a lot of competition there, so that's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be interesting next season to see what happens in terms of Scotland tens. Because if Hastings doesn't get a run with Glasgow, Russell doesn't struggles to break into the Rassing first team. You've you're looking at. You know, either sticking uh, Russell in with a lack of match practice, or not full match fitness unless he's doing the extras. Because in France, you're living off baguette, red wine, and haribo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Or so, yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting next season to see how that works out. But you're right. Yeah. You know, the question is if, if Finn does need babysitting because he because he's he doesn't have the game management, and not the. And you you know, like we said before, do you want to train that out of Finn Russell? I'm not sure you do. No. then does that dictate your choice at 10 to a certain extent if that means you can get your best nine in? But as we said, I
1: think if you if you look at Ali Price and George Horn just now and you were to take
0: a bet on who could who could learn to manage a game, yeah. then
1: your money would be on Horn all Definitely.
0: day. Definitely, yeah. And that's when you think, well, actually, do you stick the Horn on? And, you know, in the autumn, is it going to be starting Horn and then Laidlaw coming on in the last 20 to see a game out? yeah. Yeah, um, forwards the back three has gone Denton six, Brown six point five, Bradbury seven. I thought probably a bit harsh on Brown, maybe. maybe seven uh, Brown. Yeah. yeah, I I think a wee bit harsh on Brown
1: and uh, Whisper it harsh on on uh, Dave Denton. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Denton um, again. He's a one tra- he's a one track pony. One, he, 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 you know, he he will carry straight. And true, all day, batter defences. And, you know, there's going to be days where that just doesn't come off. Yeah, And, you know, defences smash him backwards and and it doesn't help anyone because he can't offload and he has hands that, I I mean, people were criticising Matt Fagerson's hands for a number eight uh, on the Glasgow Forum the other day. Um, I mean, please just remember Dave Denton. For, for you know, if you want scrimmage <laughs> practice, throw throw him on because you're going to get plenty of knock-ons. Um, but I I think you know you've said yourself he, he tackled well. He was very physical. It does give something a bit different. Um, and he and
0: he breaks. He makes every time he carries with the ball. He makes meters. I, it's I don't know what he does. He just get he gets his body in such a low position. He makes meters in, and yeah, he doesn't offload, but you know, not every number eight offloads. You know, he's not a Fijian, he's not, no. you know, he's not, um, you know, he's not an all black, he's not, I think, but he get he gets he punches holes in defenses and makes meters, uh, arguably, I think, more meters than Strauss because Strauss, when he runs, is very upright when he hits defenders and yep. gets wrapped up, and that's that's you know, that. Both have their advantage, but I think Denton will will punch bigger holes in defences. He won't offload, but he'll punch the bigger holes in defences, which has its advantages because the defence needs to reset. But that, that also relies in Scotland recycling ball quickly. So, and when yeah.
1: you've got a ferocity at the, back, at the breakdown like Scotland had when you're talking, you know, Stuart McAnally is, is an absolute weapon at the breakdown. So is Fraser Brown. I thought Bradbury had probably his best... Certainly his best game that I, I've seen him in in terms of his, his breakdown work as well. They were absolutely smashing the rocks.
0: And, and, and Yeah, and what was interesting as well is they were listening to the referee because yeah. he was giving no time at all on the ruck. And in the past, we've been absolutely hammered for that. If not, yep. if, of, of keeping going for the ball when the referee's very clear that he's giving no time at all. And they listened and they responded and they just, they were in... And as soon as he said, hands away, the hands are away. There was no messing around. And as a result, as the game wore on, we got more and more time to compete for the ball.
1: Yeah, it was just, again, it goes back to that intelligence. The guys seem to be showing that their their game smarts uh, were very good.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's have a look who we've got next. Then um, He's not rated Swinson, which is fair enough, because Swinson went off quite a Toulis and Gilchrist, he's gone with 6.5 apiece. Um, I think that's probably fair, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see much of either of them, um, actually. Um, I think, in particular, second half of the line-out started to go maybe a wee bit astray as well, uh, which I think Ben Toulis was calling when he came on. So, um, you know, there, again, we don't pin full responsibility for the line out on the the hookers and the 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 locks but
0: they do have to take their share of the blame unfortunately yeah it was the toilet where i got the stats um to do, do, do um is that line outs uh yeah one eight out of our 12 line outs which is a pretty poor return yeah
1: yeah 67
0: percent yeah um and then what have we got next where's it gone i've lost it now on my notes uh bergen 6.5 i thought maybe a 7 i thought he carried quite well um, i think th- i think he's moving swiftly
1: into first choice prop territory for scotland mm-hmm. uh he he carried he carried well he's again he's ferocious at the breakdown he gets about reasonably well for such a he's an absolute bear of a man and he gets about the park um, I think maybe the one thing that maybe pinged him on it—he it has the potential to be absolutely outstanding at scrum time, but he's got that habit of dropping his knee. Yeah, and he gets pinged for it all the bloody time.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, because we lost seven out of nine scrums, and it was his knee. Both both those lost scrums were Bergen's knee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so- so yeah, I Dell I thought okay, he's given a 6.5 I think that you know Dell had a decent game I thought uh, McInally's given an 8 I think that's fair. Um yeah. but yeah, I, I I it's great we've got a lot of depth now in the front row and that's we didn't have that in the autumn. So that's it's amazing how quickly that's come about and that's partly through necessity I suppose we've had to blood a lot of these guys because we haven't had the depth. But do you know that's compared to where we were a few years ago Uh, you know a couple of injuries doesn't doesn't call i mean you know al Al dickinson who's you know taking some time out for whatever reason fair enough but you know all of a sudden that was a worry that 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 was happening all of a sudden it's not so much of a worry anymore
1: no you're now talking you've got um you've got uh, jamie batty backing up Alan Dell, rory sutherland's to come back you've got marfo as well Gordy Reid is available as well you know you're starting to see there's there's real depth in that and you know on the tight head side when I remember a couple of years ago when Nell went went down and Fagerson came on Mm -hmm. you've now got Nell Bergen Fagerson um you then you start to get into you know Darcy Ray Murray McCallum there's there's
0: We've we've got a lot of decent props there now, and that's it's great to see. Yeah, and all you need them to do is to come on and just hold the scrum up. Yeah, that's it. That that that's all we need them to do. Because if if uh, you know that you can, I think as you showed in the Six Nations with you know when we had Welsh and John Welsh and and Gory Reid on the pitch, yep. you can you know make allowances for their deficiencies in defence or in attack. Um, apart from obviously John Welsh's uh, superb kicking game, but exactly you 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 cannot cover up deficiencies at sc- deficiencies at scrum time. You know, no. you, you can stick a prop out, you know, out in the wilds of the defence, keep him away from the action. But when it comes to scrum time, there's no hiding. No, that's absolutely right, and I think Scotland
1: have rightly had a reputation for for years of of being weak at scrum time, and it's. It's it's definitely going to take still going to take some changing, but for every every time we have guys coming on and just doing their job, holding the scrum up, getting through the, their you know their 50 60 minutes, not conceding penalties, whilst it's a lottery it's scrum time, you know you, that old painting the picture, making sure that we're showing that we're doing the right things.
0: The the mentality of referees is going to change eventually. Shall we do our asses? Because we're, we're coming to the end of time for this episode. Um, what, what was your arse for this? This so, one, John.
1: Oh, yeah, so if, so if we're going to be hypercritical, um, I've got the restarts for a shambles.
0: Yep. Again.
1: What? What? what why can't we do restarts? It's not that difficult.
0: <laughs> Just catch the ball. Just
1: catch the ball. Pass it to some. Pass it to Hog and have him thump it. It's, oh, I mean, we made, and for me, it was really interesting that obviously Swinson hurt himself during a restart coming down. Well, I say he hurt himself. He was dropped from height by his teammates. And they're using these pods, these lifting pods a lot. When I think we've had the best um, success at restarts when we had maybe a Ryan Wilson or whoever just catching the bloody ball. It's, It's not difficult.
0: Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think that's probably, and and you know that's been a, a, a I can't remember when um, restarts weren't a problem for Scotland. It's been a long time, yeah, long time, and yeah. it just puts pressure back on us. We we
1: we have such attacking weapons. We we score points um, almost at will sometimes, and then we we just put stupid pressure on ourselves. Inevitably, inevitably, by dropping the ball and then getting pulverised at a scrum, it's it's so frustrating.
0: Yeah, um, my ass. I went for the other way. You know, there's a number of different ways we can interpret the arse. one. I've, I've um, decided. I've, I've just my ass is just that. That's Scotland going to win the World Cup, off the bat.
1: Of <laughs> yep, no,
0: absolutely nailed on. Get your money on now, boys and girls. <laughs> um, on that note, um, we will leave it for uh, the first part of this week's episode. Um, do join us uh, in part two. We've got an interview with Scotland lady women's winger uh, Rona Lloyd, who's going to be talking about her work with the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, we'll also be covering news, um, things like Agenda 3, um, a bit on uh, Sean Wayne, the new um, Scotland defence guru that they've uh, signed on um, as well as talking about your hands in the ruck so for now it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John. cheerio bye for now